Hey there, friends. Welcome to the CFC Leadership Podcast, where we focus on everything campus ministry, college ministry, and young adult ministry related. Whether you're already working in one of these ministry areas, thinking about starting a ministry, or just have a burden for this age group, this podcast is meant just for you. I'm your host, Kyle Austin, and now it's time to join with us in today's conversation. On this episode, we want to talk about building a relational college and career ministry. Uh, I would say when you come to this age group after working with uh, all the way down to the infant age, all the way up to uh, the nursing home ministry, uh, all ministry is relational. I think we understand that. Um, But moving from teen into the college age, young adult age stage uh, is very, very relational. Uh, These young people thrive on community and building relationships and at the heart of that is really discipleship. I mean, that's what discipleship is all about. And so I believe building a relational ministry is the most effective way for you and I to reach and teach and ultimately disciple young adults. And so this age stage, we understand is when they're so impressionable, they're hungry for knowledge and truth. Uh, And one thing that really stuck out uh, over the past uh, couple of months, we did some videos with our students and the word kept coming out on their own, the word family, family, uh, talking about our ministry, uh, our group as a whole, our Bible study group. They kept mentioning the word family, meaning uh, not only were they just sharing something from their heart, but they were helping me to identify, one, what they're looking for, uh, two, what they need, and uh, what they're realizing community brings. And so also I had a meeting a couple couple weeks ago with the dean of students, and uh, she brought up the fact of students are just wandering around, very displaced, lonely. Uh, I think as you, you research, you find statistics that just show the loneliness of young adults and college students uh, is, is at an all-time high. And uh, so if you and I are going to have an effective ministry, it needs to be relational. We're talking about relational. Of course, that takes time. And you're like, well, how on earth can I be more relational? Or, you know, what can I do uh, when the limited time that I have? We're going to talk about this as we go through our episode. Let me give you some stats just real quick. Uh, 48,000 college students were surveyed back in 2017. And this is what they found. 64% of them felt very lonely. 62%. Uh, felt overwhelm and anxiety, 69% felt very sad, and 53% felt things were hopeless. Uh, People ask me all the time, how would you describe the uh, younger age? And I would say like two things, a sponge or soaking up everything around them. And then so many of them I run into are hopeless. Uh, They've been taught from kindergarten all the way through, there is no God, your life has no purpose, you're just here by chance and natural processes. And so there is a hopelessness that permeates through our culture, and especially and our younger adults. There was another survey done in 2020 of 33,000 students by Boston University, and they found 67% or two-thirds of the college students are struggling with isolate, or feeling isolated and loneliness. Uh, so as I hear that word family, I hear the dean of students saying uh, they're walking around this place, they need help, they need community, they need places that they can go. You and I can have a ministry uh, that is relational that will fit the needs of the college students 
parents and young adults around us. So let me just give you some ideas here as we build a relational ministry. Number one, I would say this, intentionally balance your ministry. Before we jump into ministry with young adults, we have to ensure that our ministry to ourselves and also to our family, if God has given you a family, uh, is balanced. Because so many times we're trying to extend ourselves to give more of ourselves. And if we're not balanced, uh, then we can run into some issues. So I would say this, evaluate your life in ministry consistently. Evaluate your own life and ministry consistently. Ensure you're getting enough personal time. Ensure your family is getting time. Ensure your young adults and college students are getting time. And honestly, do this. Embrace your season of life and ministry. Uh, as you navigate life, you may find yourself in one where you're you're a single. Uh, you don't have the responsibilities of a wife or a husband or kids. You may find yourself with very young kids, infants, and newborns. That's a different stage than somebody with teenagers. You may find yourself as an empty nester, and that's okay. Embrace the season of life that you're in. Don't wish you could have the other season of somebody else. Somebody else may have more time, more flexibility. That's okay. Realize God knows what he's doing as he has you in your season of life. And as you're in that season of life, embrace it fully. We're not called to do more than we're able to do. God does not expect more than what we're able to do. And so life is constantly changing, but so is ministry to young adults. I've noticed what we did 11 years ago is completely to what we're doing today. And that's with ministry as a whole. But evaluate your life in ministry. And I say consistently, take time time set apart where you evaluate what is going on. Where's your walk with the Lord? Where's your family time? Uh, Where's the time for your young adults? And ask, what is being productive? What is not? Just because you think we're supposed to do something uh, because we've done it for the last eight years, but it's not productive, scratch it. Find something that is productive. You and I only have a certain amount of time that we have to give. And I want to ensure that I'm being the most efficient and most effective that I can with the time that God's given to me. And there are some things we scratched quickly uh, this past semester because it's not effective. It's not being as productive as other avenues are. And we've done these things for years, and it's almost like some of those things you're expected to do. Uh, But we had to scratch those. Uh, Ask, what can I adjust or do away with? What changes, if any, could I make? So evaluate your life and ministry, evaluate your reach and impact. You know, our mission statement is to reach, teach, connect, and impact students. Everything I do with our ministry runs through that lens. Uh, I have to be balanced in each of these areas. What can happen is I can get 75% reaching and then 25% connecting, and then I'm out of whack. What do you mean? It's very important that I'm balanced as far as my evangelistic efforts, 25%. I'm teaching, I'm discipling, 25%. Connection, community, connecting them to a local church gets 25%. And then also that impact gets 25% where I'm allowing them to become leaders, where I'm allowing them to serve. And there's many times I get out of balance, and I want a ministry that's balanced. Or maybe sometimes we heavy the beginning of a semester, more on reaching, uh, spring semester, maybe more on connecting and so forth and that's okay, Uh, but we want to make sure we're balanced in each of these areas. Whatever your mission is and whatever your goals are, ensure you're balanced because many times we can get off kilter. Now, I'm saying these things to set us up for having the time to build or do relational college and career ministry Um, because we can get so wrapped up in everything that's going on. We can not evaluate ourselves or our ministry and get going one direction where we need to kind of stop and go another direction. I think the biggest factor in building a relational ministry is going to be time. 
where will I find the time to do this? I'm already maxed out. And so, yes, building a relational ministry will require an investment of time. I mean, it has to. So and so saying that, you and I need to maximize the time we do have and be as efficient as possible. So in building a relational ministry, let me say this second of all, intentionally identify your young adults. I would say do this, establish the 12-3 discipleship plan. Establish a 12-3 discipleship plan. If you think about Jesus, he had 12 disciples. Three of those were very close to him. They spent time with him that the other nine did not. Uh, Jesus did the vast majority of his discipleship in what? In the everyday aspects of life. Just doing life with these men. Yes, he taught. Yes, he stood before big crowds, but they were walking with him, eating with him, living with him, uh, traveling with him. They were just doing normal life, and that's where he transferred his life into theirs. You see, we can only do but so much, and trying to have too many people that we're pouring into can spread ourselves too thin. When we're talking about building a relational ministry, we, we need to set up our ministry as a whole to be relational. But as far as us as a leader, us as an individual, we can only do but so much. So identify your three to disciple. If you have a leadership team, make sure you're meeting with them consistently and periodically uh, to find out who has who. What I mean by that, we meet periodically with our leadership team, and I want to find out who has uh, as far as the ladies and who has as far as the guys. Is somebody falling through the cracks? Do Am, am I doubling up with one of my other leadership uh, members? And if that's the case, then maybe I need to find someone else or them find someone else. So we're spreading ourselves across our entire ministry. Now, these three are going to be the three that we pour the most into. doesn't mean we neglect or disregard the others, it means these are the ones we're going to spend the most focused and intentional time with. Uh, And you focus heavy on these three and you don't feel guilty. Why? Because this is the model that Jesus gave us, the 12-3 discipleship plan. If you have a ministry with more than you can handle, then you're going to have to work at building a leadership team and constantly evaluating yourselves. If if you've got uh, 18 guys or 15 guys and it's just you, plus you've got females, you've got more than you can handle as far as in a relational ministry. And so you're going to need to recruit some help to get that done. So establish a 12-3 discipleship plan. Identify your three. Always have your three. And the thing is, when you're doing your three, you want to work them to where they come off. They're not going to be your three for life. Uh, They will go from your three into your nine, and then they're going to be creating their three. You see what I'm saying? And so you want to work them out so that next semester you may have somebody new. You work with that person. You build them up. You build them into a leader, and they move off into your, your number nine. doesn't mean you don't have good relationships, but as far as your focused relational investment in these students' lives, that's what we have to work at. And so how do I get my three, you may ask? Well, extend the invitation. Go through your role and extend an invitation to each person at least once. Invite them to something outside of the normal meetings or just something when you get a young person outside of the weekly Bible study or the Sunday Bible study group or whatever it is. I can't tell you how many times I've been able to get them away and whether I grab lunch or they come to the house or we go watch a game or whatever it is. We do this together and then the the relationship is totally different at the next meeting. Many times I can't get them away from me. So uh, extend the invitation and don't feel bad when some of them aren't interested. You have some college students and young adults who are just interested in the meetings and they're getting something, they're participating, they're good. 
You're going to have others that really want something. They're going to want some type of mentorship relationship, some type of discipleship relationship, and they're going to meet with you as much as you are able to do that. And so we want to do that. And so how do we, we extend the invitation? And this is kind of our mantra uh, for our ministry in life. You do life and include them in it. Because I'm saying extend the invitation. You're going, man, I'm already maxed out with work, family, ministry, church, and everything. I don't have this extra time that you're talking about. No. I'm not saying to make more time because you only have this time that you have and we all have the same amount of time, but do your life and include them in it. Include them into what you are already doing. If you eat lunch typically out on a Monday, find a way to invite them. If you uh, do yard work on Saturday, invite them to come help you do yard work. You're more efficient. If your kid has a t-ball game on Tuesday nights, well, guess what? Every once in a while, invite them to that so that you can watch your your child play and you can also spend time with them. Uh, Whether it's painting, games, whatever it is, if you're going running errands, get them to ride with you while you run the errands. If your wife or your female is going to the grocery store, get them to go grocery shopping with you. Maybe you want to set a certain day of a week as your time, maybe that you're on campus or you're available or this, you know, every Tuesday, I'm going to try to do a lunch or do a coffee or, you know, whatever it is. If you already drink coffee, then invite them to that. We're not trying to get you to make, create more time and distress yourself out more. We're trying to find ways that we can be more efficient with the time that we already have. And so we take our kids with us a lot because I am in a season of life where I have a 15-year-old and a 4-year-old. Uh, we had to revisit the younger years again, so I'm very sensitive and aware that life and ministry is different when you have younger ones. And when we went from having an 11-year-old who was very independent and could, you know, we could leave and he could stay and he could go and, you know, we didn't have to monitor as much when he's with us um, to back to an infant and growing up, it reminded me of the different seasons of life and you can only do but so much. And the temptation is to feel guilty because somebody who maybe is an empty nester or somebody that's not uh, in a uh, marriage or relationship, it seems like they have more time or less responsibilities uh, than you do because you're wrapped up with your kids. The kids are a gift from God if God's given them to you, and they're your primary responsibility. But bring them with you as you do ministry. And guess what? Our 15-year-old now, because he's been with us so much, he has such a heart and passion for ministry, for God, uh, for reaching people, for reaching college students. Uh, And how did that happen? Because we brought him along with the ministry that God gave us rather than what the default is. Let me find somewhere to put them. Let me slide them off to the side. Let me find a babysitter, all these different things. And there may be certain times when you have to counsel with you have to have a deep discipleship meeting when you can't have your kids there. Uh, but don't feel like you have to uh, substitute ministry for your family. That's wrong. Bring your family along. Do life and include them in it. Uh, and this will provide you with very intentional and r- well-rounded discipleship. Because, yes, we can sit down and go through 15 or 13 lessons through a book, and that's good. But honestly, discipleship is so much more than that. That's just one facet of discipleship. Discipleship is everyday life you watching me, me watching you, you asking questions, me pouring into you. And when you can just go do life with me, and I'm very intentional in that. I'm not saying we're just going to hang out and never talk about the Lord, never answer questions. I've got uh, some young men that I'm working with right now that when we do lunch, it ends up being a two, two and a half hour lunch. That's way more than the discipleship book would have ever brought out uh, because of the questions, the engagement, the, the what we're doing, what we're talking about, and so forth. Uh, so I'm just trying to, to help you to see some of that as far as the difference maybe of just a sit-down discipleship versus doing life discipleship, very relational in it.
And not everyone will want just more than the normal meetings or activities. We've talked about that. That's okay. What we want to do is work intentionally to find the ones who do, the ones who are wanting more, and then multiply our efforts by getting two or three together at different times. You know, rather than just one, get two or your three together at one time. And that way you're being very efficient in what you're doing. So it's good to be one-on-one, but sometimes it's good to be one-on-three, one-on-two, and maybe invite some more. That'll help you to, to not to spread yourself too thin. Um, so identify your, your three, extend the invitation. And then lastly here, I would say this, intentionally invest into your young adults. Okay, intentionally invest in them. Nothing happens by accident. Train your ministry team. Help them to know what the goals are, what you're working towards, uh, what the emphasis is for this semester. Uh, find out, evaluate where they're at, get, get feedback from them. But do this. Invest into the ones who want it and invest into the ones to invest into others. So don't waste your time investing into those who don't really want it. And sometimes we can be the default as those who are struggling, those who are, uh, you know, feel like that need the most, and we're not going to neglect them. Understand what I'm saying? Uh, but if you can invest into those who really want it, those who are leaders, you're going to invest into them to be leaders. That way they can multiply your efforts. So if I'm investing into John and I invest into him and he's taking it and he's building and, and he's becoming a leader, now he's identifying his three and I can move on to someone else. But if I'm investing into Jack, uh, who just, who's barely getting along and he's one of my three and you know, and I'm just, we're not making progress. We're not making progress. We're not making progress. And it's just constantly back and forth, back and forth as far as maybe his, his lifestyle and so forth. Maybe I need to find somebody else to be part of my three. Doesn't mean he can't be my nine. Doesn't mean I'm going to neglect him. But I am looking to invest into the ones who want it, right? The ones who uh, are going to do something with it. Um, and I may need to adjust my three. And uh, that's okay. And so the ones who want it, we want to make sure they're ones who want it in order to invest into others. Second Timothy 2.2 2, uh, is our ministry verse uh, that we can build leaders who would build leaders who would build leaders who would build leaders. And so in saying that, as you're doing your relational uh, ministry, give them opportunities to serve. Don't limit this age group. It, it may be scary to let them step up on the forefront, but just let them do it. Let them have at it. Let, if, even if the idea is not quite as good as yours, uh, let them lead. Give them opportunities to serve um, because then that will help them to put faith on their feet. That will help them to get confidence. That will help them to get life experience. And really, it's going to help multiply your efforts many, many times over uh, as you you proceed forward in ministry. So building a relational college and career ministry is college and career ministry. There's really not really a way around that. If you're trying to build a campus ministry or college career ministry, it's going to be relational and trying to maximize your time. Just remember this. If you don't remember anything else, do life and include them in it. Look at what you already have scheduled and say, where could I include and invite uh, young adults to? And as we look at those statistics of feeling very lonely and isolated, as you and I build a relational ministry, guess what it's going to do? It's going to make students and young adults connect. They're gonna feel. Uh, they're gonna feel connected. They're gonna feel love. They're gonna feel like it's a family. And guess what they do? They invite their friends. And so, when you build a relational ministry, uh, it really has an outward focus because it's going to bring in more young adults and more students because they love what's going on there. They love the community. They love the connection. They love the relational aspect that you and your leadership team are pouring into them. And that's just going to make it grow more. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please share it with a friend or subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can connect with Collegians for Christ online for more information and resources at cfccampusministry.com. Thank you.